0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue. It's WTMJ now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. Yes, yeah, 10 kind o'clock of hour. Got a special treat today. I see this guy. This guy is Gabe Neitzel from ESPN 945, the Jen Gabe and Chewy show. Hi, Gabe. What's going on, bud? And I listened to you when I'm, in matter of fact, last Sunday, I listened to you on the way home.
1: Awesome, yeah! Green Bay game night. We were having a time. You we were, were we were having a fun time on. You, you throw night. a
0: homer in the mix,
1: a, t- a little bit of Tauss. <laughs> you got the callers chiming yeah. in. What did you think? What did
0: I listened to about an hour and a half of it? What did you think of the post game reaction to that game? Uh, I thought
1: it was appropriate. Look, I mean, I think a lot of people were having a good time. Like th- this it was, was a good time. This was. I, mean, I thought this was a six or seven win team. Because, As did I. Because a young team like this isn't supposed to do what they did. It's the youngest team to ever make the playoffs in the NFL. So I thought kind of celebrating and... Look, there, there were bumps along the way. You know, we thought this team was terrible in October because they didn't win a single game. They were two and five. We thought they were turning it around after wins against Detroit and Kansas City, their best two wins of the season, only to then turn around and lose to the Giants, turn around and lose to the Buccaneers. So for them to do what they did and still be a nine and eight team, get into the playoffs, it's, it's an exciting time. So it's a surprise that they're the youngest team they went
0: to the playoffs. It's a surprise that this team with Aaron Rodgers. Same scenario last year, couldn't make that leap mm-hmm. to the playoffs. So who's the surprise of the season? Is it Matt LaFleur's coaching? Is it Jordan Love's ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Is it this young receiver's core that is absolutely stunning and amazing? And, and, and the fact that they have no experience, but they seem to be doing big-time things in games, what is it?
1: It's, it's all of it, but for me, it's Jordan Love's ability to play like a superstar over the last eight games. Because through the first seven, and I, I wrote all these down for our show on Jen, Gabe, and Shuri yesterday. Through, through the first seven games, he had eight interceptions, and things, things weren't good, right? Eight interceptions, completion percentage was below 60%. It was like a 57, 56, something like that. And we were thinking, you know what? If he has a really strong half, he can get up to 60%. Right. He finished at 64%.
0: That's uh, impressive. Over
1: the last eight games, he completed 70% of his passes, and he had 18 touchdowns to one interception. I mean, he, he played like a super superstar over the last eight games, and Jason Wilde, who does such a great job, the one thing that he had coined was wow throws. Like, he was kind of, okay, we'll see what Jordan can do here, because even in practice he wasn't seeing wow throws. And to the point where now, in that game against the Bears, I mean, I think Jordan had probably four or five, a couple of them ended up being dropped in the end zone, but he's just dropping dimes and throwing un completing and attempting unbelievable throws.
0: What I love about this story is it kind of it, it puts a cap on the Rodgers stuff. Rodgers is yeah. going to do what Rodgers does. This is Jordan Love's team's team now this year in the playoffs against Dallas, and we'll get to that in a second, and then going forward. But I think we, part of that story is we have to acknowledge that I think the ability of Jordan Love to play football at this level was shaped by Aaron Rodgers, watching him, talking oh, yeah. to him, Seeing how he did things, I I can't. I don't. We can't just throw that out. That out.
1: No, and just like Aaron was shaped by Brett, sitting three years behind him, whether it. And and there seems to be a narrative out there that oh, he saw Brett throw all these interceptions, so Aaron was always pretty turnover adverse. Like he he didn't want to turn the ball over when he was in Cal. So I don't think that. But you see some of the mechanical stuff. You see some of the other things that oh yeah, he got that from Brett, and you see it. They've done a really good job. I think Chris Collinsworth and Tony Romo the last couple of weeks on the broadcast have done a really good job of kind of highlighting, here are some of the things you can see that maybe he picked up from Aaron Rodgers. And again, that's just kind of cool to see that this this has a through line from Jordan all the way back to Brett. And... Okay, well, these are some of the things he picked up from Aaron, but also Aaron picked up from Brad. It's just kind of cool to see how that all works and goes together, even though it spans 30 years.
0: Gabe Nigel joining us from ESPN 94.5, the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy show. So you watch a lot more sports than I do. You've seen probably more football games than I have, but I I watch a lot of games in person at Lambeau Field. I've seen Jordan Love, uh, the good and the bad, this year. How good is he?
1: I mean, we're seeing the ceiling. I mean, again, it's 18 touchdowns to one pick, 70% completion percentage. The passes that he is completing, the passes that he is attempting, he can be one of the best. He can be a top-five guy. Like, he's going to be a guy. I guarantee it. Next week or next year, going into the season, he's going to be on a lot of people's list of dark horse MVP. I think
0: Homer said that this is a top-five offense next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah assuming you get the growth along with the wide receivers. I mean, we've seen growth from the guys this year, from Dontavian Wicks, from Jaden Reed, from the two tight ends. I mean, for Tucker Kraft, to go from barely playing when Musgrave was, was healthy, Musgrave lacerates his kidney, and and suddenly Kraft goes in there, you don't miss a beat, and you're going, man, this guy's pretty good. I love the, the, the way these
0: stories develop because, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody hated Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, now he's like a
1: you know a draft genius
0: because of this receiving core, the Tucker crafts. I mean,
1: well, it's if you take a look at some of the draft. I mean, he he was under fire because well, he drafted Jordan Love sure. instead of taking potentially a receiver, somebody who could help this team coming off of an NFC Championship game appearance. And his draft record, when you go back and look at the early drafts, there are some hits, but especially at the receiver position they There, I mean, it's not. I'm not even just talking about misses. Like the best receiver he had drafted before this current crop that's on the roster is Marquez Velasquez. <laughs> right. Like it, it wasn't even close. I mean, Amari Rodgers is no longer in the league. He took Jamon Moore in the fourth round, no longer in the league. Jay Sternberger in the third round, no longer in the league. So is it just blind luck? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. That's something I would love, and you'll never get a straight answer from Gutekunst, because he he plays it very close to the chest, understandably so, as a general manager does across the league. I want to know if, yes, I want to know what changed, because you didn't have a very good track record drafting pass catchers, and suddenly... You did it. I mean, when you look at Dobbs and Watson from last year, and then Wicks and Reed from this year, sprinkle in a Bo Melton, sprinkle in um, uh, Malik Heath, who seems to have a bit of a future, sprinkle in the two tight ends from the last two years, and the last couple of drafts for Brian Goodekunst, he seemed to have figured something out. We were
0: chatting about this before the show upstairs with a bunch of teammates. Who's the best receiver? At, if they're all healthy, who's yeah. the best receiver on this team?
1: I think it's Jaden Reed. I think he has. That's what I said. I think he has the chance to be special, but also, like, Dontavian Wicks has. Tony Roma did a really good job kind of pointing this out, I think, in the broadcast on Sunday of you see the release that he has, and Matt LaFleur has said it all year to a lot of these broadcast teams, and he doesn't want to call him Devontae Adams, but he's like, hey, he's got some Devontae in him in terms of his feet, in terms of the way he can release off the line of scrimmage and beat press coverage. There's something special in there, and I think given the body type, he may end up being that number 1 receiver where Jaden Reed still ends up being a very valuable part of the offense, but just used differently, because they're going to manufacture touches. You saw it this year, whether it was jet sweeps or end rounds, different things to get the ball in Jaden Reed's hands, but in terms of of being a pure top of the line receiver, it might end up being Dontavian Wicks.
0: Let's talk about Sunday. We have a game three thirty in Dallas. Um, I, I'm old enough to remember when Brett Favre couldn't beat the the, the uh, Cowboys to save his life, mm-hmm. and then I saw Aaron Rodgers own the Cowboys for a while. Yep. Um, interesting thing is the team's getting healthy. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, rather, is playing as good as he's played in, in a long time. He seems fresh. Receiving core. We'll see how that shakes out. Jordan Love playing at the top of his game. Dallas scores a lot of points at home and they're undefeated I think. Yeah, they've won their last 16 games
1: inside AT&T Stadium.
0: But you know, we have nothing to lose. Yeah. I expect that. I think you guys put out a poll today. What do, what would you prefer? Yeah. Lose by 30 or lose by 3? I'd rather the 3. Yes, I want 100%. It to be competitive.
1: I want it to be I I always want to be competitive. I understand the Oh, if they lose by 30 that I can check out of the game. No, even if they lose by 3 and it's heartbreak at the end, it's just especially with this team. I understand maybe in, in years past like you don't want the heartbreak, but if they lose by three, I guess I'm not heartbroken with this team because it's so young and exciting to to go toe to toe with that team. Because the Dallas Cowboys have they earned the number two seed, yes, and they've been so good at home. To if you hang with that team, it gives you hope for the future going forward.
0: All right, so we got to ask the question, Joe Joe Barry.
1: Yeah, hot and cold, like
0: nobody's business. He pitched a great game the last two games, the Minnesota game. I did not expect. I I thought they'd beat the Bears, but. I, I was impressed with what their defense did. What do we make of
1: this? I, so I throw the Minnesota game out because, to me, if if the Vikings make the right decision and actually start an NFL backup caliber quarterback, that's a different game. Like, Jaron Hall was not ready for that, and that was a head coach who was sick of a quarterback turning the ball over and just trying something different. And he obviously realized he made a mistake yes. and went back to Nick Mullins in the second half. But they actually had a good plan against Justin Fields, and they rushed they were more aggressive. And when you look at when this team is aggressive, Detroit, Kansas City. And I don't know if Joe Barry went to those games thinking, "Ah, oh, we don't have much of a chance. Might as well be aggressive, see what happens. And then they had success defensively. They were aggressive. They played more man-to-man against the Chicago Bears. Tony Romo pointed that out in the broadcast. Yes, and I think if you continue to do that, then you can have some success. If that's the Joe Barry we get... I haven't even said this on our show. I'm okay with Joe Barry sticking around if he's actually going to be aggressive and be the guy that they were talking about him being this season. But you've seen it. When they get back into that little comfort blanket of, oh, we're going to keep everything in front of us. We're going to play this soft zone. Well, that's when a team like the Carolina Panthers can score two touchdowns on you in six minutes, and that was a team that scored zero points over the <laughs> no. last 120 minutes of their season.
0: It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that these this defense could be that different week to week. Yeah. So if they play well, the defense, I'm not saying they're going to win, but if mm-hmm. the defense plays well, Joe Barry's back next year.
1: I think there's a pain. I think there's a chance. I think I think Matt Lafleur is looking for every reason to keep him around because I think they want to keep continuity. They see what they're building offensively, but at the same time, if I think you just have to show Joe Barry the door. I mean, I don't know how many times Matt Lafleur has to get involved with the defense in order for this thing to work. Maybe it's just time to move on. The best when, when I think of what the Packers when they were at their best, I'm talking about the Super Bowls. Mike Holmgren didn't do much with the defense. He let Fritz Schirmer do his thing in, in the '90s. Mike Holm, or Mike McCarthy wasn't too involved with the defense, and I know the end tenure of Dom Capers did not go well for Dom and the Packers. But the early iterations of that defense, when he first came in 2009, 2010, like those iterations of the Dom Capers defense were good, and Mike McCarthy didn't have to do much. I think that's what you need as well for for. Matt LaFleur to be at his best He has to really focus on the young team And making sure that they do grow and develop The way we think they can And not have to worry about the defense You need to hire somebody that can just run that And not every other week you're going Alright, well I gotta get more involved with defense Because they're not doing what I want them to do
0: uh, Before I let you go, how's Chewy feeling about this team now? Because he didn't think there'd be much this year right?
1: Yeah, he was, he was with me, 6-7 wins And I mean, he's rolled the roller coaster just like anybody else I mean, after they, want, after they started 2-1 He's like, oh, maybe they are a 9-10 <laughs> win team And then they don't win a game in October Oh, they'll be lucky to win 6 He likes what he's seen, especially of the growth. We do a thing called the All-22. Check it out on the ESPN Milwaukee YouTube page. I I pick five plays, and then he uses his – because we make fun of him for being an idiot. Right. But the dude's a football genius. He right? is. He, he knows he is. what it, and and he can break it down. So we've picked five plays that we take the all twenty two film from, and he breaks it down. And he really has seen improvement, especially from the offensive uh, receivers and tight ends. So I think that's what has him excited about the team going forward as well. All right, so
0: we're all going to watch together Sunday. I, I can only watch the first half because I'm taking my wife to a play at the halftime. What? What? what but what? I never I never what? dreamed that I know I, I never dreamed that we <laughs> you know, like.
1: But so, I mean,
0: I couldn't move it. It's the last performance. <sighs>
1: I get it. Man. Oh, that's tough. That's love. Like, that is love. Like I, I hope your wife realizes. She does. Like in terms of like Packer fans in the building, like you know, I, I Ky, you know, we've got we've got Kyle Wallace who's a huge Packer oh, fan, yeah. but like you've been a season ticket holder for so long, yeah. and anytime you get like you light up, anytime you get to talk the Packers, like I hope your wife realizes how lucky she is. She that you're, you're skipping a second half of a playoff game.
0: We may walk into the play late because we want to make sure we have at least a good. At least a half or maybe a three quarters of that game before we go to that play.
1: Yeah, whatever. The play
0: is funny. Girl, does that matter? No. Funny? No, I'm not sure where it was. Famous movie, Barbara Streisand. Okay. Yeah, you know Barbara Streisand. Yeah, I'm, oh.
1: I'm familiar with Barbara Streisand. Right. I'm not familiar with the movie.
0: Am I a bad Packers fan because I I, I bought these tickets for her, for Christmas for her?
1: No, I mean look okay. look. Sometimes your personal life comes in the way. I'd like I don't. You have been a Packer fan and a season ticket holder long enough. Eighty three. I I dare someone. <laughs> to challenge and go credential for credential with you as a Packers fan,
0: right, right, right. All right, I, I, you know, I, you got to do what you got to do. I yelled at my brother Dave. This is many years ago. Yeah, he scheduled his kid's baptism on Packers Bears Sunday. I yelled at him. I well, still so, feel bad about that. Well,
1: actually. that? I mean, that's. I mean, the Packers schedule comes out what May? Yeah, right. and April, he's and May? he's more passionate
0: than I am. Like, what are really? you doing? Yeah, I, I think his wife told me. To
1: like, that. I mean, again, I can't, I can't blame you. I mean, all right, th- especially in October. Like anybody who thought this team at two and five in the way right. October went, thought I they were going know. to the playoffs. I think well, I, yeah. I bought them when they were not playing well. No, I mean, if you thought Jordan Love was going to go eighteen touchdowns, one pick, the no, last in, in, in the last eight games back in October, you're a liar.
0: All right, Gabe, it's always great to talk to you. I get I get worked up about football. You yeah, know I know,
1: I know. That's why I love talking ball with you, bud.
0: Check him out, Jen. Game and Chewy seven to nine on our partners over at ESPN ninety four five. Thank you, Gabe.